Hello and welcome to another episode of ECE Tech Talk. This is Duan Wanjara. And I'm Mike Rani, and we'll be your host for today. So our guest for today is Professor David McPherson. He's a professor at the Computer Science Department at Virginia Tech. Hello, Professor McPherson. Could you please give a brief introduction for our listeners? Hi, I'm Dave McPherson. Uh, I'm in the structure in the uh, Computer Science Department now. Um, before that, I was with the ECE department for eight years as a full-time instructor and two years adjunct prior to that, um, teaching software mainly uh, for most of those years. Um, did some hard work courses near the end, uh, did circuits once or twice. Uh, I have taught um, for the ECE department in the master's program, their sort of uh, survey of computing or computers. Um, computer architecture, uh, taught a bunch of various courses for the ECE department over the time that I was there. Um, yeah. So how long were you at the ECE department for and when did that start? Yeah, so it started, I started as an adjunct in 2010, I believe. Um, and I was an adjunct for two years teaching, gosh, back then I think it was 1574 and 2574. Um, for two years and then after the two years they had a full-time need and so I ended up coming on as a full-time instructor in 2012 and was with the EC department for eight years. Awesome. So what awesome. exactly is an adjunct professor? So I, at the time I was working for the university, uh, although you don't have to be working for the university to be an adjunct, uh, it's just you're sort of a part-time instructor so to sure. speak. Um, so they call it adjunct. So I was working for, back then it was um, OCS, Online Course Systems. Now it's called Telos. Uh, and I was the, what was I? My title was ePortfolio Assistant Director of Technology. Um, and so I was at that point in charge of the ePortfolio system that we ran and the software that was using that, the grad students that worked on it, things like that. Um, but I was labeled as faculty, which means faculty can teach. And so uh, I, well, <laughs> my wife and I used to coach swimming uh, at the high school and we had a, a swimmer whose dad worked for ECE and he knew that I had taught computer science and thought I could potentially fill this adjunct need. And so he suggested me and that's how I ended up as an adjunct. Sure. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what motivated you to like come to Virginia Tech and teach? Uh, well, so um, that's a good question. It, it sort of happened by accident, I guess. I was, um, well, I came to Virginia Tech as an undergrad and uh, liked it, wanted to stay. Um, I'm from Maryland originally, and if you've been to Maryland, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you've been to my hometown, I'm really sorry. Uh, it's just a lot of people, a lot of cars, a lot of traffic, a lot of houses, just so much. And so Blacksburg, especially then, but even now is, you know, still rural. And, you know, you can pretty quickly get out of town and not see people. I like to hike. I like to bike. I like to, you know run, things like that. So being able to get to that easily is, is nice. Uh, and so Blacksburg affords that. So I wanted to stay. So I graduated uh, with a math degree and was going to teach mathematics. Um, and that didn't happen. So then I got a master's in special education and ended up teaching elementary school here in Blacksburg for about three years. Um, and at that point, I wanted to figure out how I could use technology to help students learn. 
Um, but I didn't know what that meant. So I thought, well, I must need a master's in computer science. So I got a master's in computer science. Um, and as I was getting ready to graduate with that degree, my, my first son was born, my son was born, um, and I needed a job. So I was just a grad student and the guy I was TA in for said, hey, we need a professor, we need an instructor. Why don't you go talk to the department head? So I wandered into his office looking kind of like I am now. And after about an hour, he said, so you want the job? I didn't even know it was an interview. I just was talking to him about, you know, teaching. And uh, so that's how that happened. Um, I did that for a year. And then I went and worked for a small local company because I kind of figured I'd always be a Dilbert, go sit in a cube and write some code. Um, and after a very short period of time, I realized that was a terrible idea for me to go <laughs> work for that company. And so I came back after being away for a year and ended up teaching in computer science for, I want to say another three or four years uh, until 2007 uh, at that point. Um, and uh, then that's when I transitioned over to OCS. So really, I mean, I didn't think I'd be a teacher at tech. I, I thought I'd get a master's and I'd go work somewhere, you know, and write software and, and do typical software-y things. Um, it just didn't work out. Uh, and it worked out in that I'm happy where I am, but my original plan didn't work out because that it just didn't happen. But uh, yeah, so honestly, I, I think teaching at, at college is, is definitely one of the best jobs out there. So if you can do it, I would, I would highly recommend it. It's a great, it's a great, um, it's a great job. So why do you Absolutely. think it didn't work out in the industry or for that company? Well, okay. So that company was tiny, uh, had about 15 people. Um, it, in my opinion, was poorly managed. I'm not going to say the company. Uh, they're no longer in business, um, but they did stay in business for a long time. Um, they, it, it, well, it, it didn't, um, it didn't fit my, didn't fit me. Um, right. And there's, <laughs> that's probably about all I'm going to say about that. But uh, it, it just didn't work. Uh, I would have stayed doing, you know, software development if it had been a better fit, I guess. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't that I didn't like it. Uh, I enjoyed it, um, but it just wasn't the right place for me. Sure. Absolutely. Did you ever plan on applying to another company after that or? Um, no, I, you know, I, well, okay, no. So, you know, I came back and I taught uh, until like 2007 or so. And then I went to OCS um, and I did a bunch of different things there and ended up being the director of OCS for a number of years. Um, and at that point uh, I was sort of more in meetings than other things. Um, and the position that I was in was less technical than I liked. So uh, when the technology director for ePortfolio came up, I thought, okay, that's a good place to get back to technology, doing some programming, some software, things like that. Uh, and so I went and, and did that and that was good, but I realized that I missed teaching. And so at the time when the adjunct position came up, I thought, uh, I was thinking I wanted to get back to teaching. So um, if it hadn't been ECE, I was thinking about applying to New River, uh, I was thinking about applying to the local high schools here um, and just trying to get back in the classroom. So uh, I realized that what I really liked was teaching, uh, happened to really like teaching software. Um, and so, you know, when the adjunct position came up, it was just the perfect combination for me at least of teaching and software and being able to stay at Virginia Tech. So it was uh, definitely was an easy one. So your role at OCS, can that entire department be considered Virginia Tech IT department or a part of Virginia Tech IT? Yeah, it's a part. Um, Interesting. Yep. 
So how big yeah. is Virginia Tech's IT department? It's big. Yeah? <laughs> it's big. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we were, I don't know what we were under. We were, uh, I guess we were just under under central IT more or less. Um, but then like my wife works in rec sports and they have, and that's under student affairs. So student affairs has its own IT department. Um, so each sort of department has I would say their own IT department, CS has an IT department, ECE has an IT department, you know, so, and, and some of them are small, you know, a handful of people, uh, one or two people, three, four people, depending on size of department. Um, and they do different things, um, you know, from some people are just sort of more computer support, some are actually, you know, software development, some are, you know, database management, things like that. Um, so it just is going to depend. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they all fit together, you know, in the big scheme, if they're all sort of one big IT or if you're an IT for, you know, rec sports is different than IT for, you know, um, send, you know, Telos or whatever. But um, so, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of IT going on at BT behind the scenes. I mean, uh, what's, what's taking place there. Sure. I think that's an underappreciated um, aspect of big universities. It's just a lot of people behind the, behind the screen running it. Sometimes yeah. they get unnoticed, so that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a ton. I mean, when I was in Telos, we were probably – I mean, Telos was a department of probably 40 or 50 people running all kinds of things from, you know, well, back then it was Scholar. Now it's Canvas. Um, and when I first got there, it was Blackboard. But uh, they were doing digital archiving, uh, you know, archiving Civil War era photos, things like that. Um, lots of various projects they were working on, but some for research, some not for research, but um, sort of all directed back towards the student population at Tech. Sure. Awesome. So I had a follow up from our mm -hmm. previous question. Yeah. So what, what's your favorite part about being a professor? <laughs> and a follow up question to this is like, how would you describe your teaching style? Okay. Um, there's, there's a lot I like about being a, an instructor. Um, Certainly the interaction with the students, I, I love that. Um, you know, I, I definitely miss the classroom. Uh, and so when you, when you get to talk to a student and, you know, they, they figure it out, you know, whatever it is, whether it's software, whether it's networking, you know, you name it. Um, if they're working on something or, or struggling with something, that, that's not, some people think it's a bad word, but you, you sort of have to struggle a little bit to, to figure something out sometimes. Um, and when they can figure that out, when that light bulb comes on or they go, oh, that's what it is, you know, that that's great. Um, so when you can be involved in that sort of um, revelation that, that I really enjoy that. Um, and just getting to meet various students and, and where they come from, what their aspirations are, what their dreams and hopes are, and, and being able to be a small part in that and helping them you know, get to where they want to be. Uh, I really, really enjoy. Um, so I, I guess that kind of goes back to my teaching philosophy. You know, I think to me, um, it, it's relationships. And this comes from my wife. She was, she was a teacher. Um, you know, establishing those relationships with students becomes so critical um, so that you know who they are. You, they know who, who you are. You know, um, one of the biggest challenges, well, right now, is not being in the classroom. But uh, when I was an ECE for so long, I think students knew if I said, hey, we're gonna, you know, I made a mistake, we're gonna fix this. I feel like students heard from other students, okay, yeah, he, if he makes a mistake, he's gonna correct it. And they knew that I would, you know, for example, I had a terrible project one semester that just was terrible. And everybody tanked it pretty much. So 
I had to fix that. You know, it, it wasn't, wasn't an accurate reflection of, of what they could do. It was a terrible <laughs> mistake on my part. And so, you know, I had to make that right. Cause that's not, that's not, that's not on them, you know? So I think when students, when in ECE, when students knew me, okay, he made a mistake. He's going to, he's going to make that right. It definitely helped. They didn't get quite so upset over, uh, you know, when something doesn't go right. Um, so in CS that's been, since I'm new and not many people know me, um, you know, they sort of have to learn to trust me and, and learn to know who I am. So it's those relationships, I think. I mean, I think you just talked about the ECE 1004 class. I would like to point out to the listeners and to you that you actually carry a great reputation for being a, a great instructor. I think you taught 1574 to some of my peers and, and they really enjoyed it. Even I had a great time taking CS 2505 with you. So why do you think that is that students naturally end up either enjoying your class or even if they have a bad time, they still have respect for you? Uh well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think I try to treat everyone with respect, I think, you know, so, and it's that relationship thing, right? So uh, I was actually talking about 1574. I had this terrible cat and mouse game where the cat, anyway, there was like, there was a mouse on the board and a bunch of cats and they were trying to, the cats were trying to get to the mouse and the mouse was trying to get to the hole. Um, and then there was cheese and the, and the mouse could eat the cheese. And then if it's the kind of like Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was terrible. But the problem with it was um, the cats could get stuck in like little there was blocks that they couldn't get around. And so if the cats got stuck, they would just they would just spin around and not get anywhere. Um, and and so there, there wasn't like a loop counter on it. So after 500 steps, just stop. And so some students got into a loop where they would just a cat would just sort of spin around and never move, never actually make any progress. And they and so they just it was terrible. Like I, I made some some pedagogical mistakes with how I created the assignment. Um, I, I redid that later on and I fixed those mistakes and it was a much better assignment. Um, yeah, the 1004, that was, <laughs> that was something else. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it's, it's just that it's the, it's the relationships that I try to make so that, um, you know, I try to be honest in class. If, if I don't know something, I'm not going to BS you and tell you, Hey, you know, I'm an expert in this field, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go try to figure it out and do the best I can. So I think that's, I think that's why. Sure. Absolutely. So going back to your days as a student um, at Virginia Tech, I, I believe you did a math major at Virginia Tech. How were you like a student? How would you describe um, yourself as a student? It's <laughs> uh, a loaded question. No, I've, I mean, I was a good student. Um, I was not a good engineer. So I was actually, when I came to tech, I wanted to be an electrical engineer. And so I spent two years, I think, trying to get into the department, got in. Um, and at that point I took uh, intro to computer engineering and uh, network analysis, circuit, circuit analysis. I did not do very well in those classes. Uh, I passed them, but did not do very well. Uh, at that same time, I was considering being a math major and a friend of mine was a math major and they said, take proofs. And if you like proofs, then you'll probably like the rest of math. And so I took proofs and I loved it. I mean, it was like my favorite class at that semester for sure. Um, so after that semester, I changed my major to math and it was, I never worked again. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't hard. I don't know. When I think about math and like computer science or, or at least computer programming inside of computer science, you know, I sort of, um, I, it's weird. Like I sort of 
visualize all of the things you can do, like in a proof, for example, all the theorems you have and all the different strategies you might take to try to prove something. Um, and then I can kind of like just sort of think them through and I, and then obviously write them down. Uh, same thing with computer programming, you know, let's just take C for example, or C plus plus, you have your loops and your functions and your, you know, whatever. So when you go to tackle a programming assignment, okay, you have all these things at your disposal. I just kind of go, okay, let me lay them out and, and do them. So to me, they're very similar. Um, and so I, well, while yes, some programming is difficult, I enjoy it because I, I like the, the problem solving aspect to it. Um, and so for me in math, um, I, I don't think I got anything less than a B except for in um, college geometry, which was like uh, spherical geometry. It was crazy. And then um, history of math, I got to see. I just, I'm not a very good history, history guy. History of math? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like yeah. a fun class. I love history. It, it was, yeah. I actually have a couple of history of math textbooks that I've read that are just, they're, they're awesome. But anyway, yeah, I'm just not a very good history person. So <laughs> that's why I'm a math, I was a math person. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, uh, I would say, you know, I, I definitely worked hard. I definitely, um, you know, put the effort into the classes. Um, but it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like work because I enjoyed what I was doing. And so I, I, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I got to sit down and do this. I just wanted to do it, you know. Sure. Absolutely. How closely do you think math major and computer science major are related? Even Especially ECE. like you said, like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're related. So for me, the biggest thing about math was it, it sort of helped um, sort of the logical reasoning, the logical problem solving, you know, process. Um, and, uh and also, you know, when somebody says something like, oh, the, the sky is purple, you know, they, you don't read that they didn't say the sky is red, they said the sky is purple, so therefore the sky is purple. So not reading into what was said, but, but reading what was said. So, you know, when I tackle like a, a program or something like, here's what we're supposed to do. So, okay, here's, here is what you have to do. Um, and so for me, that was sort of the biggest thing there was, was learning, learning what details to pay attention to and what details not to pay attention to helped uh, in computer science for sure. And I think in, in ECE and in, in a general engineering background too, you know, being able to um, read a problem description and, and figure out what, what needs to be attended or, or what's important. Sure. So, um, so, so how, how has, um, going from ECE to CS back, why, why was that a decision and, and how has that changed? Is there a different teaching style between ECE departments and CS departments? Uh, okay. Yeah. So as, as you probably are aware, uh, ECE has gone through a course, you know, curriculum redo, uh, sure. recently and, um, and they introduced a lot more hardware to their intro courses, which is good. I think it's a good thing for an ECE department to have. Um, I'm not a hardware guy, you know, I, I'm a software person in general. So um, the hardware was, was tough for me. It's not something that I know. I, I didn't really do any of that in undergrad. Um, you know, even in grad school, I stuck with software. So um, to me, that was sort of the biggest reason for the shift. Um, looking at the number of courses I was going to be able to teach in ECE versus the number of courses I could teach in, in Virginia Tech CS department. Uh, there was just a lot more that I could teach in, in, in the CS department um, based off of what I like to do kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I think 
had I stayed in ECE, I certainly, I think 1004 would have been a lot better the next time I did it. Um, you know, things like that. You always get better after you teach a class once. It's, it's the first time is always tough. Um, and you know, those, those challenges certainly, um, persist but but as you as you teach classes multiple times you know you sort of know the rough spots and things like that so you know um but you know i'm looking in the cs department there's probably eight or 12 classes that i'd like to teach um you know versus just a handful in, in ece so that was sort of the motivation for my change um and also well and, and both cs and ece are growing um and i think uh to a certain extent i may be able to help the CS department with some of that growth as we, uh, I think they're looking to hire more instructors as to handle class sizes and things like that. And so with my education background, uh, I think, uh, hopefully I'm not putting words in, in their mouth. I believe they're going to look to myself and, and maybe Margaret Ellis, who, who was in undergrad with me, who's also a teacher to sort of help train those instructors in, in how CS wants them to teach. Um, so that we, try to continue to, to have good teaching standards. Um, not that ECE didn't have good teaching standards. I think they had great teaching standards. So, you know, um, trying to keep, keep those things, uh, you know, as positive as, po as possible and, and as good as possible. Um, yes, did I, I think I got off topic there. Well, I think you'd surely answered that question. And that actually allowed me to come to this point is, how do you think having a, a master's in special education allows you to be a good professor? And how do you think it, Maybe do you think some kind of course content that you learned in that degree, should that be important to teach to all professors at some point? Um, certainly, I do think having the master's in, in education, special education in particular, is useful. Um, you know, there are students in, in all my classes that have a disability. And, and being aware of that, I think, is, is useful. Um, and, and certainly understanding that as a, as a thing, I think, is helpful. Um, but, you know, I think just the, there were certainly a lot of pedagogy classes um, taught. Uh, the one professor I had used to teach the cognitive process of instruction. So it was sort of metacognition about thinking about how you think and then how you break that down into teaching. So there was a lot going on there about, for example, if you were teaching addition, you know, simple two plus two, how can you break that down? Um, and so for me, you know, I think the special ed background, um, you know, you you have to be able to you know have sort of your main method i'm going to teach it this way but then have you know uh two or three other ways that you might also use if the first way doesn't work so i think that's sort of where the special ed helps me in my current role is that you know if i'm talking to a student and they've seen the slides or what have you and they're like that didn't make any sense so then how can you how can you explain it or how can you continue to work at it um so I think that helps. <laughs> that's helpful. And certainly, as you train instructors, having that ability to help them come up with that as well is is helpful. And it's something that they could certainly come be, you know, useful for. Um, yeah, sure. So absolutely. I think so, as you meant. Go ahead, go ahead. So as you mentioned, um, that sometimes the, having a degree in special education allows you to cater to certain needs. How have you tried catering to needs because of virtual learning, having gone almost fully virtual, sometimes hybrid? How have you tried, tried to adapt to that? 
Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, I don't think anybody, I don't think, uh, well, my personal opinion is I would not want to be a, a, a virtual student myself. I don't think I'd be very good at that. Um, I have my, my son is in college now. My daughter's about to go into college next year uh, and they're virtual at times. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough because you don't get that interaction. You don't get those relationships. Uh, my daughter being a senior in high school, um, you know, she knows her teacher. So she has those established already. My son is a freshman uh, at James Madison. He doesn't really know any of his teachers because he hasn't ever met them really. Um, so, so it's tough. Um, you know, I think you have to try to um, in some ways go out of your way. Like for example, in the fall, I did okay. I tried to do hybrid in the class you were in and I did that to try to make that connection so that, you know, um, if something happened, I knew who you were, you knew who I was, you know, we'd been in the same room, that kind of thing. So, um, hybrid, well, of all of the what current choices, if you can't actually just have the whole 150 kids in a room, then I think hybrid is your best go-to if you can do it. Um, but not everybody's comfortable with that and not everybody can. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't always work in the spring. All my classes have to be virtual. So what I'm going to try to do for all the classes, the two classes that I have is at least once a week, just sort of have open hour for everybody. Um, kind of like an office hour, but more like an open QA session. Um, to try to try to help with, hey, here's what we did this week. Here's what's coming up. You know, what was confusing? What what didn't make sense? You know, answer questions. You know, if you think about a normal class, you my normal classes, I get up there. Okay, who has questions? You know, or don't forget Monday you have this due, Wednesday you have that due. Just those types of of interactions um, are really tough to do. You know, you need you need that to to help people remember, I think, oh yeah, I've got that thing next week that I have to finish up or, or, oh yeah, I forgot. I wasn't sure about that. You know, giving that opportunity for questions um, and answers. And I don't know if, if you guys have done this, but when I used to go to like study sessions for like, I think it was chemistry, you know, I I'll f often would go without questions, but then when someone asked a question, you'd be like, oh yeah, I don't know that either. Or, you know, that might spark something. So I Absolutely. think that's really important to be able to allow that opportunity to, um, you know, have that go, gosh, oh, I thought I knew that, but I don't, you know, kind of thing. So what Absolutely. classes did you teach last fall and what class are you going to teach in the spring? Uh, so in the fall, I did CS2104, which is the intro to computer, um, computer uh, problem solving in computer science and the 2505, the um, uh, computer systems, right? Computer, computer systems one. Yeah, computer work. Um, so then in the spring, I'm doing um, 3304 comparative languages and uh, 2505 again. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What's, what's your favorite class to teach at Virginia Tech? Or what has Ever been, has been so far? Yeah, I love data structs. That's, that's definitely like 2114? Yeah, I mean, I've done it. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Yeah, I have done it. Um, way back in the day in, in CS, it was done in C++. Uh, I've done it in Java before I left, uh, and that was fun. And then um, in, in ECE, I did uh, 2574 number of times in C++. Um, I have not done 2114, the new the new version in CS yet, but I'd like to. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I think that's all we have for today. Okay. Do, do, do you have anything, Wug? Yeah, I had one question. What? So... A lot of times freshmen come into college and they don't know what to do and they're all 
less scared of going into computer science because they don't have a good programming background. So what advice would you have for those kids? Like, how would you tell them to defeat the odds or whatever and like go take the first programming class and know that if it's a right fit for you or not? Um, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, I would say my first programming class <laughs> was, was in Fortran a long time ago and, uh, I didn't do great. I mean, so, you know, it, you can't be daunted by that first, that first approach or that first, you know, um, first venture, I guess I passed. Um, the biggest thing I think with, with, computer science, if you want to do sort of software is, is starting early on your assignments um, and asking questions. I mean, I think for me, uh, I definitely remember learning C++ as a grad student um, and, and just spending time working on assignments and, and working often didn't look like working. You know, I, I told my students this, you know, I'd get stuck on a project and I like to run. So I would go for a run, you know, 30 minutes or something and then come back with like four or five ideas of, of how to get through the problem. Um, you know, so getting away from the computer and giving your chance, your brain a chance to do something different, um, you know, whether it's watching TV or taking a nap or eating a sandwich or whatever it is you like to do, just getting away. But if you don't, have enough time to do that, then you, then you can't. So, you know, starting early, uh, is, is important and asking questions, you know, I've taught, I don't know how many thousands of students 15 in 1574, sort of the first programming class. Um, and, and the new students, the students that really haven't programmed before, you know, when they would come and just ask questions, um, was, was always a good way to figure things out because, you know, they may just, you, you haven't been exposed to a lot of things. So you just don't have a lot of ideas. So when you have a small idea pool, it's difficult to expand it. But once you've seen more, then it becomes easier to, to continue to grow that. So, you know, I definitely would talk to students and they would say, Hey, um, let me, you know, I'm going to try it this way. And I'll say, well, have you thought about doing it that way? And they'll say, Oh gosh, I hadn't. And then, you know, now they're, got a new idea and a whole bigger pool of ideas to then draw from for the next, next thing. So that, that's, that's my thing is, and, and don't be afraid. I mean, uh, I definitely remember when I started thinking like, Oh gosh, if I write a bad program, my computer's going to blow up. Uh, there's very little you can do to your computer. I'm going to say it <laughs> that that will hurt it badly. Um, you know, especially in like C plus plus or something, but you know, just write it and try it, you know, write little programs and see what they do. If, if it crashes, we'll figure out why it crashed. You know, that's, that's, I love it when it crashes because then you can dig into it and, and see what happened. Have you ever done any projects or anything that may have accidentally hurt your computer for a little bit? No, no, I haven't. I mean, especially if you're doing like in Visual Studio or something, it's so sandboxed in there. Sure. Uh, I think Visual Studio has a, I think when you get memory, it's all virtual memory through Visual Studio anyway. Um, you know, if you're, if you're like on the terminal or something, you're probably a little bit, more at vulnerable risk but even that i mean uh well windows may let you poke around in memory you shouldn't but um they're not going to let you get too far uh out of bounds uh, mac certainly won't and i usually write software on linux so um my, my linux machine hammers me all the time if i try to do something that's bad um yeah i mean you really you really can't i mean and without without really trying to do something you it's difficult to to actually hurt your software, you know? So it's, uh, Absolutely. yeah. So if a student was doing that, they would know they were doing something that was purposely bad. 
Sure. So um, before you go, we have yeah. kind of like a game that we like to play with our host sometimes. And okay. if you'd be interested in this, um, so there's a, I don't know if you know, there's a Discord server for, 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 for the CS department. Sure. And they have a, a, a specific text channel called McPherson Quotes. There's funny <laughs> I didn't know things, that. <laughs> funny things you've said over time that people have collected. Um, okay. So would you want to read them? Anyone, any set of mine you like? I think the CS bunch of students are going to go crazy for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I take a look at them. I, I've said some strange things over the years. I know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did actually want to have one year a student. This was years ago. They actually wrote them down and like read them to me at the end of the semester. Hi, I'm Dave McPherson. See, these are some McPherson quotes from the uh, CS Discord server. <laughs> oh my gosh. This isn't Java. We don't have a garbage collector. We're my programmers. <laughs> we do stuff. <laughs> what in the world? Here's some numbers. Let's look at those. <laughs> <laughs> Q. That would have been data structures. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember that one. Q U U U U U U U. There's too many UEs in that word. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anyone is familiar with x86 assembly code, <laughs> who am I kidding? Nobody should be familiar with x86 assembly. These are yeah. great. These are yeah, all great. No one. No one should be. The TAs and so puppies. People actually wrote this down. <laughs> See, these are like puppies. Sometimes you get a good one and sometimes you get a bad one, but they're all cute. I might get fired for saying this. <laughs> yeah, the TAs are so cute. Like, I just want to pet them. Like, oh, good TA. But no, sometimes you smack them with newspaper. Uh, uh, thank you so much. That was yeah. great. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely.